Matt Major, Matt Major Show, here you here with you on a Wednesday. I'm kind of like half awake, I'm not going to lie. I got up just a little later than I probably should have. And uh, had to hustle around to get ready, but that's okay. Because luckily I had a lot of my prep done the night before. Jack and Mo Cooking Show checking in on the chat right off the bat. Good morning, Jack. We got a really cool show for you today. Herkimer County Legislator, former Village of Illion Mayor John Stevens is going to join us later on in the show. John's an interesting guy, and he's got a lot going on, and I think it's going to be a fun conversation. We've also got all kinds of news and, and craziness. Before we get into all that, I just want to remind you that we got this thing going on with the merch link. That's my merchandise clothing t-shirt shop themerchlink.com is the place to go and if you go there you'll note that a portion of the proceeds from every sale of every item that we sell goes towards our cause and our cause is uh, right now and we reserve the right to pick different causes as time goes on but the merch link will always support a cause and, and right now and probably for the foreseeable future that causes to help folks locally who have been affected by COVID, and we do that in two ways. First and foremost, we take the money that we generate from this, and we purchase meals from local restaurants and local catering businesses that have been decimated during this pandemic, and we give that yummy food to nurses and doctors and frontline healthcare workers who have been working around the clock dealing with the stress of not only treating this virus at work, but worrying about bringing it home to their families. Hopefully we're on the backside of this thing. Things are getting a little better, but those folks still absolutely deserve some incredible free local meals. And that's what we're trying to make happen. So themerchlink.com, our first distribution, our first purchase, I guess you would say, our first gift to the healthcare community will be solidified at the end of this week. And we'll announce exactly when we're going to schedule that so you can see that I'm not just talking about this. This is something we're actually doing. If you like this show, if you've found the segments anywhere, if you like our coverage of different things, if you hate it, if you think I'm a dickhead, and you just want somebody to yell at every day, that's that's a thing. I used to listen to Limbaugh at lunchtime every day for like 60 seconds just to see how long I could go before I yelled at the radio. But you could subscribe to me. In many different places. If you're into podcasts, Spotify, iTunes, pretty much anywhere, any app you get your podcast, you will find The Matt Major Show. You can get it on Alexa. All you got to say is, Alexa, play The Matt Major Show, and she will do that for you. It's kind of cool. Uh, and it also helps us. We're getting a lot of folks love the audio, the podcast version of the show. They never watch the video. They just listen to the audio, and that's totally okay. That's why that's there. But if you want to watch the video, of course, 315live.fm slash Matt Major is the home base. That's the audio, the video, the text transcript of everything that happens here. You can find there that is the home base of the show. But you'll also find a video copy that comes from YouTube. So if you go to YouTube and hit the Matt Major show and you like, subscribe, ring the bell, all of that helps us. That's all very good stuff. And helps spread the message, which is the the goal, right? 
So we've got more news on the governor. And uh, I've been telling you about this, what, every day now. And I really don't want to be the the Cuomo resignation watch show. Like, I, I don't want this to be everything. But we cover local issues. We cover national issues. This seems to be being covered by the media in both sectors. This is this is a hot thing, and, and it's a developing thing. So we are going to go ahead and, and talk about it just a little bit more. The current update is the legislator is uh, legislature, rather, is going to strip the governor's emergency COVID powers. Now, this technically, you could say, doesn't have anything to do with the sexual harassment charges, but the fact that uh, they now have bipartisan support to jump on these things, I think, indicates the governor's weakening power. Let's get some leaders in the state Senate and the Assembly have introduced a bill, a bill to repeal those powers. News 4's Marley Tuscus is live tonight in Buffalo with the details. Marley? Can I just say how much I love local news? This is a story about Governor Cuomo and the state legislator. And, like, that happens in Albany, obviously, the state capital. But the local news in Buffalo is like, Hey, let's send a reporter down to East Main Street to stand on the busy, noisy corner and give her report about the governor from there, because that'll make it really authentic. Don, lawmakers say this is the right thing to do since the temporary executive powers have since earned their purpose. Like, what is the point of sending her on the street to make this report? I, I don't understand. Whatever. Now, the legislature could pass the bill as early as Friday, which would send it to the governor's desk. Nearly a year to the date, the state legislature expanded Governor Cuomo's executive powers. Democratic lawmakers have announced plans to take them away. In a statement, Majority Leader Andrea Stewart-Cousins says the public deserves to have checks and balances. Once passed, Cuomo will no longer be able to issue new executive orders regarding the pandemic. That seems a little strange to me. Like, I didn't know he needed a bill to be able to pass executive orders on something. And I didn't know that you could write a bill that says he can't pass executive orders on, but I don't it's weird. What we're essentially looking at doing is repealing, repealing some of the powers as well as allowing directives that are already in place to expire. State lawmakers expanded the governor's powers last March when the coronavirus pandemic slammed downstate. Leader now listen, this might be a good idea, right? This might be the right move. My only concern and my only hesitation to everybody watching this go down is to say, just be careful that we don't cut off our nose to spite our face. Let's make sure that this isn't just a vendetta against this one man that puts the state and public health in these issues that are still here. A lot of people feel like they're over it. I mean, I I, I got half the vaccine so far. I, I feel a lot better, but it's not over, and we can't act like this is over And just because we're all over it. That's going to spell disaster, so I, I just caution my friends here in New York. Tread lightly and... and Pay attention to what we're doing and what the ramifications may be beyond just reining in this one guy. We're saying now, a year in, 
there's no longer the need to allow Cuomo to make these executive decisions without oversight and review. Local Assemblywoman Monica Wallace co-sponsored this bill, introduced Tuesday. In a statement, she says, quote, Last March, when COVID-19 cases were skyrocketing and so much was unknown, we needed state government to respond quickly to limit the spread of the virus and save lives. Thankfully, that dark moment has passed, and it's now time to get back to a normal working order. But some lawmakers say it's not enough. Rescinding the governor's powers isn't the answer. That's not going to bring these, these brave women any sort of justice or closure. That's not going to bring the family. What are you talking about? Why is this guy conflating two issues? This is exactly what I said at the top of the, top of the piece. Somehow we've mixed COVID, and you can say that the COVID scandal, the nursing home scandal, somehow we've now intertwined that with sexual harassment. What? The two have nothing to do with each other. Yes, the governor's COVID powers are not going to bring relief to his sexual harassment victims. Of course. The two matters are completely unrelated. And I find it a little concerning that you're trying to combine them here. That tells me that you're more concerned with going after your enemy Cuomo than making things better for the residents of the state of New York. Which I thought was the point of getting rid of these powers and making sure we had checks. Checks on COVID powers do nothing for sexual assault victims. You're right, sir. They're not supposed to. What the hell are you talking about? families who lost loved ones closure that should have done been done the rescinding of the powers because the legislature wanted to get back to the job that we were elected to do is that not what it's about and if it isn't that's a problem if you want to restrict a guy because you don't like him or because he did something else that's a problem that's that's not based on the situation and and i worry when you don't make decisions based on the situation now, it might be the right call to make in any case, but again, pay attention to the long game and the ramifications of anything that we talk about here, whether it feels right or, or not. Now, Back to random girl on the street. Again, the legislature is expected to pass this bill as early as Friday. And as I mentioned, it would then go to the governor's desk for signature. He must sign because the Democrats have a anti, it's a veto proof majority in the legislature. I don't think a veto proof majority means you must sign. Just means it doesn't matter if you sign. Again, I could be mistaken, but I've never heard such a thing. That's that's why you call it a veto-proof majority, is because he can veto. But this is weird. So he must sign this bill. Reporting live in Buffalo tonight, Marley Tuskett, News 4. Reporting from the side of the road, for no good reason, I am local news girl. We have got, I just want to get this pulled up. Our man John is waiting by. We'll be bringing him in in just a minute. I just want to get to this one more piece that we've got here. I got too many stories and too many screens. Just lastly, on the governor, Mayor de Blasio from New York City, a Democrat, 
At one time, the governor's big ally, he's unloading. He's over it. And keep in mind, the governor kind of threw him under the bus a few times during this pandemic. He's not mincing words when it comes to these sexual harassment claims. The mayor of New York City has called Governor Cuomo's alleged behavior in these sexual harassment claims grotesque, perverse, and terrifying. And he said, too, that he must resign if sexual harassment accusations lodged by the women are sustained. And the governor's already admitted it. He's not really claiming I didn't do these things. He's running with the, I didn't mean them the way they took them, excuse. So I think what the mayor's saying here is the governor has to resign, right? Is that not the immediate conclusion one could draw? I think it is. It's interesting to see people finally speak out against Governor Cuomo. You know, one of his well-documented leadership styles is intimidation and, you know, demanding loyalty to a fault or we're going against you. So a lot of folks that may have had a different opinion even, they certainly weren't going to voice it. Last real quick bit of national news. Some good news, I believe, for the country. Neera Tandon. She done. She was probably one of the worst possible cabinet picks that uh, Joe Biden has put forward thus far. Uh, horrible, horrible person. Totally unqualified for the position. And luckily the senators signaled that they weren't going to support her, they weren't going to confirm her, and she knew enough to drop out. Biden budget pick Neera Tandon drops out of the confirmation process after it unravels. Didn't really unravel. They asked her about her, and they decided that's not something they want. The whole point we have confirmation hearings. This again, you know, talking about the governor and checks and balances. This is why we have national checks and balances. And it doesn't happen very often. Even the last president was easily able to get whoever he wanted through. But once in a while, the position, the, the situation pans out for us. And we get to actually shut down what would be a horrible choice. Bravo. Put that in the win column. We don't get many, so we're going to take it. No near a tandem is good. Let's move into some local stuff. We're about to bring on John Stevens, Herkimer County legislator. And I thought this was just a fitting piece to jump into right before we bring John on. This is from the local news, WKTV. And there's a cool thing going on on downtown Main Street, Herkimer, which we're going to be talking a lot more about this week, actually. Main Street and Herkimer, that is. They've set up a, a community fridge. Let's hear about it, maybe, if their video plays. Okay, look it up. What is happening? Quality video got here, guys. This worked earlier. We're going to try one more time, and if not, we'll bail on this, but it was a good story. Um, look, at, look it up and down these streets. All these businesses are closed. This is a start in the, in the right direction, I believe. People were putting uh, meals outside of the fence on, at the library 
on Main Street and just kind of leaving them for people in need. So this is just a step up. The bag lunches that they do at the library are great, but they're not always there. So I think that would be fridge. The Herkimer Community Fridge is aiming to help the community. I did not do that. The story literally cut like that. Holy shit. Community combat hunger while also providing a way to reduce food waste. Troy Lockwood helped to get the Utica Community Fridge going and thought it was time to start one up in Herkimer. It's the idea of, you know, putting this fridge here and giving people the option to take from it and also give to it because the whole idea of mutual aid is that everybody has something that they probably need and everybody also has something that they can contribute. So that's why, you know, it says take what you need, give what you can. Local residents see the need. It's a tough time. Unemployment, you know, the economy. Um, look at look it up and down these streets, all these businesses are closed. This is a start in the, in the right direction, I believe. People were putting have to um, agree with that outside guy. of the fence on, at the library on Main Street and just kind of leaving them for people in need. So this is just a step up. The bag lunches that they do at the library are great, but they're not always there. So I think that would be, you know, one of the major perks. This is always here. It's open 24-7. You come and take what you need when you need. No questions asked. I'm seeing these uh, pop up all over the state. I saw some friends in Rochester talk about one there. They mentioned the one in Utica. Jack in the chat as well as has referenced the one in Utica. This is a wonderful thing. You know, uh, we have community food banks, we have these sorts of things, but it's not always enough, unfortunately. It's it's frequently not enough, and seeing these new resources and things like that, I'm getting John on the screen for you here, guys. Morning. This is, it's great to see, and uh, let me just... Get this lined up just right so you can see them just right. And we will bring on today's guest. Bear with me one second. There we go. There he is. There he is. Morning, Matt. Morning, John. So who we've got with us, and, and I mentioned this a few times, but this is John Stevens. John is uh, the former mayor of the Village of Ilion, New York, and he's currently a Herkimer County legislator for District 6, which I believe encompasses part of Ilion. And, and what else is in that district, John? Actually, it's all part of the Village of Ilion. It's up on the area of what us Ilionites know as West Hill. Okay. And then uh, I do cover uh, a portion off the hill. It goes down Main Street, up Central Ave, in front of the firehouse, all the way up to 4th Street, cuts over up over the hill, back up over the hill. So everything from there west okay. is my district. So it's all the, it's all in the village. Gotcha. So you, you've you never stopped representing Ilian, I guess that would be fair to say. That would be fair, correct. Right. The only difference is uh, now I represent the portion of the village of Ilian and all of the Herkimer County tax base. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I hear you. It's it's a big thing. And and I want to get into a little bit of, of just how Ilian and how being a mayor works. But before that, let's... Let's talk about your current position because you're currently a legislator. You're up for re-election. Is this is this your first re-election, or have you been there a couple terms now? No, I'm in my. I got elected January first of fourteen. It's a two-year term, so I'm in my eighth year. Okay, so you and uh, this will be my fifth fifth term. You've been through this a few times. Yeah, uh, just uh, yeah. real briefly, and I've got some of your accomplishments and, and things like that, that that you've done I want to talk about a little bit. But just in, in very general terms, for anybody that doesn't know, 
Tell folks, what does a county legislator do? What What, what is your well, role? We, 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 set, we set policy, obviously. That's basically what every elected official does. We, you know, we, we put policies and procedures in place. We, we build the budget annual, annually. We build a budget. You know, we, we do our best to be as fiscally conservative as possible and uh, not increase taxes to the residents of the county, which we've been very successful in doing. Since 2015, when the first budget that I support part of because the 14 budget was already settled when I took office by the, by the previous um, group of legislators. But since 2015, overall, we've cut our tax rate 11 and a half percent, just a little under 11 and a half. I think it's 11.435 wow. or something like that. And that's with the construction of a $40 million correctional facility that we were ordered to uh, construct by the Department of Corrections. Yeah, I know that was a hot topic. That was uh you know, that's been 25 plus years in the making, but the legislature before us, many, many years before us, was pre-planned enough that they took a tobacco settlement money that we call it years ago. The tobacco companies had to pay uh, sure. millions and millions of dollars to all the municipalities and states, and, and they put $20 million of that aside and restricted that just for the construction of the correctional facility because they knew it was coming. Yeah. Now, it took a lot longer than what they expected. So half of that $40 million price tag, it's a little under 40, but that's the easy way to do it. It was already covered. We bonded for the second half, which is also covered by the extra quarter percent sales tax that the state has allowed the county to utilize. So the residents and the taxpayers of Herkimer County, their taxes did not increase because of this facility. Anybody that comes through Herkimer County and purchases something that's got sales tax on it, that quarter percent goes strictly to the, the jail and pay off that bond. And it will continue to stay there until that bond is paid for. I got gotcha. you. That's that's wonderful that, you know, when there are expenditures, at least people uh, were wise enough to sock away some money for it. So it yeah. so it doesn't hurt yeah. you like this. And that's not any credit that um, I can take since I've been there because again, sure. that was way, way before my time. I was probably still a child. <laughs> but, you, but you've talked about in your time, the tax rates have uh, gone down 11 yes. and some percent. How, how is that yeah. possible in, in today's well, world? It's, it's, it's all based, uh, a lot of people don't understand, Matt, but it's based on each town's equalization rate, which is a formula that's very complicated. I wouldn't even venture to go into how to understand that. I, gotcha. I have a an overall concept of it but each town has an equalization rate depending on the value of your homes and and et cetera et cetera so while some townships within the county might have an increase of four cents or five cents per thousand the majority of the townships have a decrease for their assessed value per thousand and overall that drops our tax rate now i know gotcha. of the first couple of years i was in it went up maybe uh one percent or a half a percent or three quarters of a percent but over the last Two or three years, we've dropped significantly, 6%, 3%, 4%. And a lot of that is just due to, you know, being fiscally conservative and managing our, our funds right. You know, we're comfortable in our fund balance. We save quite a bit of money with the new correctional facility. We don't have to board prisoners out, which means we don't have that uh, $1.5 to $2 million expense to pay other counties because we can keep them in our own facility. Because the current, the current jail, the old jail, not the old old jail because we still have both yeah it's just it's not it's we we've had a variance from the state for many years to uh, be able to keep people in that facility and now you know we're hoping hoping we can open the doors here in the next month or so on the new facility so we've saved that cost you know it's 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 a balancing act it's tough you know being an elected official in these times is, is not easy especially with the way the economy is going um, nationally and, and yeah. worldwide so we work real hard at it yeah, take the the normal challenges that uh, the area has been facing for decades, and then add this, 
insane pandemic and all the variables. Yeah. I don't, I don't envy you. That's, that's, you know, and we, we talk about, I mean, obviously the elephant in the room is Remington. You know, I, I dealt with them. I dealt with them since 2006 when I got, I don't know whether it's dumb or <laughs> smarter. When I got involved in, in, in the political world, I, I tell people I hold a political position, but I'm not a good politician. I wear my emotions on my sleeve. I'm very forthcoming. If you ask a question, you're going to get an answer. Whether you like that answer or not, I, I can't sure. help that. I give you the best one I can. But, you know, we've, I think one of uh, the proudest things that was accomplished during my tenure as, uh, as mayor was we got uh, Remington on the village electric units, a municipal electric, which is very low cost. First time in history, it had been changed, tried a couple other times. But the, the board that I had with me and, and, and our um, village attorney at the time, J.K. Hage, who I took a lot of heat for because the people thought I paid too much money for him. You know, we saved Remington millions of dollars in operating costs annually. And, you know, we had a significant increase in our revenue in, in, the, in the village light department. So that was a huge hit for us. It's probably one of my prouder accomplishments as, as the mayor. So, you know, we're working really hard at the county level, too, to keep keep them viable here now. Uh, I I understand that they, they, they started again Monday or Tuesday. They got some people back. They're starting the 870 line. That's nothing but positive. You know, we've filled our, our business parks, we being the county and the IDA. Uh, you know, you look at Tractor Supply. That's their largest uh, distribution warehouse in the entire nation. All of the e-commerce, which is your online ordering, goes through the Frankfurt facility. It's a little under a million square feet, 900 and some odd thousand square feet with the additional option of another 300,000. Uh, they promised us 300 jobs or at 600 jobs plus or minus now, you know, you got Heidelberg. They were the ones that took the first step at pumpkin patches. We all know it here sat vacant for many, many years. They built a new facility and from there it just mushroomed. It's completely full now. There's no room. So, and in that park alone, there's probably close to seven, 750 jobs in that area. The, 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 go ahead. Sorry. No, yeah, you're right. No, I, I was just going to say, this is uh, exactly something that I wanted to talk about because in my lifetime, you know, uh, Remington Arms, uh, for the folks not living in the area, Remington Arms, America's oldest gun maker, absolutely historic. The American Rifles typewriter was invented nearly in New York. It's, it's an incredible asset and it has always been the biggest employer in the area. My criticism had always been the majority of my life it felt like we put all our eggs in that one basket it was about remington that was the only thing nobody ever tried to in my opinion bring in other businesses other employers so in case that factory failed you know we would still stay afloat i, I and i feel like i didn't see a lot of that until right. recently and in these things that john's talking about when he's talking about building out business parks and things like this 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 wasn't uh, in many cases these weren't areas that used to be business parks and had gone down or whatever they found uh, new areas they've built new places brought in or in many cases expanded uh, a lot of these businesses and created a lot of jobs so that yes we want remington and yes we want to do everything we can to keep them there but you know regardless of what they do the area is going to be okay and that's that's what i'm really excited about yeah, and, and we're continuing continuing to expand, you know, and that park is full. The one right across the fi across 5S, Route 5S North Park is uh, crossing the fairgrounds where we have fiber nine and hail manufacturing that. That's full. The uh, West Frankfurt Industrial Park where Granny's Kitchens is and Northern Safety, we, you know, we filled that up. The IDA, with the help of the legislature, we just bought 188 plus or minus acres in Schuyler up where the old uh, drive-in is where Wilcor and the uh, oh, wow. pellets is. We have, optimistically, we have people looking at that. I believe there's some signed agreements, but that's nothing we can so, uh, announce yet. 
John, how how do you go about this? I mean, what what has brought these people here? Is it a matter of tax breaks? Are are we giving them something special? What what is it that, that landed them? There, there's a there's a typical pilot, which is a payment in lieu of taxes. Uh-huh. Um, you know, they give them they give them a break, and then over a certain amount of years, mostly usually it's a ten year, and they they increase their tax contribution sure. annually. I'll be quite honest with you, the IDA with John Pizek as their executive director, this guy this guy hustles. Yeah. He really does. He's probably got no less than 70 projects in the works right now. It's right, you know, with solar projects, business parks. You know, he went to uh, California last year and did a presentation in front of all kinds of billionaire investors. And he won that contest and he got $50,000 in free money for legal fees and stuff like that. That's why the Dufold project in Illion is, is, is full guns. The village took the, the reins and bought that property. You know, a very, very expensive purchase. Sure. Uh, they got it out. They got it before it went into bankruptcy. That's something I tried as the mayor and it just didn't work at that time. So credit to the village board right now. They took, they took the gamble and bought that. You know, we've finished up a phase two. I'm on the county brownfield group. And, and you know, we've got a lot of the, the Bill School, the Zufold. There's a couple other properties that we've got the, the, the DEC and the EPA interested in. They've come in and they've looked at these uh, and they've started uh, forward progress to get these properties back on the tax rolls. You know, there's just a lot of good stuff going on here with a lot of, with the possibility of a lot of investment and quite a few more jobs coming to the area. I mean, Cree is not in Herkimer County. But yep. as, as you know, you know we're we're kind of a small area, so anything that happens even in Oneida County spills over into Herkimer County, or vice versa. Right. You know, people want to live here, people want to live there. So you know, while I know we're economically depressed, I can see the light at the end of the tunnel, getting us to the next step and back back uh, viable. This is a great place to raise a family, and people know that. It, it absolutely is, and you know, telling that story, and you know, I, I asked you how how this happened, and I kind of knew the answer as you were saying it when you talk about. John going to California and things like that. In some cases, local people hear that because out in Onondaga County, you get a lot of that. We have officials that are out traveling and and pitching the area to other people. And what folks don't necessarily understand is we're not just sending this person to a conference or a vacation in, in some other sunny state that we all wish we could go to today. Right, right. As, as John as John is, is down <laughs> south right now. But, you know, the the whole idea is... You got to sell it. You got to take this show yeah. on the road, and people need to know. And 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 as you say, we are a little economically depressed. But as a business owner, as an investor, that's kind of good news for you. That means there's low costs to operate, and there's a willing workforce yes. that is not demanding top dollar. And you know, in, in some cases, that's unfortunate that our locals can't do that. But for a business, for opportunities. Hell yeah! Give me give me cheap real estate and a workforce that's that's hungry to be right. here for me. Well, and, uh, and, and and to your point, Matt, with the workforce, you know that's what keeps that's a big big large component of what keeps Remington here. They they've I think this new group of investors, this new ownership, has even stated in in, in the media that our, our workforce is second to none. You know, look, yeah. our, our people. You know, we have generational families in that plant. My dad retired from there with thirty eight years in the place. I worked there for two months and said. That's not for me. I don't want to be cooped up in a factory. Sure. Uh, so, you know, so I went off to college. But yeah, I think when when you you, when you make that statement that they get they get inexpensive help, I think that's that's a that's a valid statement. But at the same time, it's it's it, it kind of hurts a little bit. Yeah. Uh, you know, ironically, we're we're in the process now. We being the county legislature, realizing that you know we're we're having a hard time attracting and recruiting and and, and retaining employees because the pay is not quite there right uh, so you know we're, we're taking a good hard look at that uh, you know years ago the benefits 
were great at the county level, and that's why people took municipal government jobs. The benefits were good, your health health insurance, your time off, sure. your retirement. Yeah. And the pay was a little lower, but people lower, but people were willing you're like your dad, for instance, he's willing to take that gamble, got in the firehouse, you know, did his career. Now now I see them kind of leveling off. So they're about equal because your retirement systems aren't as good or the retirement system, right. your tier level isn't as good. You got to work till you're 62. You got to contribute your whole career, blah, blah, blah. So we're taking a good hard look at that. You know, we might have to increase our our, our, our pay rate a little bit to compete with, the, you know, the tractor yeah. supplies that are starting at $18 an hour, you know, which in our area is, is, is a good wage. Right. You know, you can raise a family on that if, if you have to. And I'm, I'm a strong, strong proponent of, of paying people. I have t-shirts that say pay people more that offend folks when I walk around town, but it, like you said, it's it's kind of a double-edged sword. But to me, I don't mind pitching it to those investors because the, the, the gambit here is, yeah, get in here, open this business. Uh, labor's cheap. And, right. and when you and everybody else does it, now it doesn't have to be cheap. And now our workers can say, exactly. listen, now you got to pony up. And, and that's just kind yeah, of the get way your foot, Get your foot in the door and move Exactly. Exactly. Quickly, and we'll move on on this, but I've been following this story, and I've actually I've got another interview scheduled tomorrow from a representative of this group called Herkimer 9. Yes. You probably know something of them. They're uh, yeah. backed by the legendary Alice Cooper, which is just awesome. Yeah. Yeah. This is a cool, uh, another development project that's happening in Herkimer. And I don't know if, if you know too much about that, John, or, or what. But no, uh, not, not a whole lot. Their, their, their major, I guess their president, their leader, I'm not sure exactly what title he's using, is, is the, the, uh, the human calculator guy there. Yes. I, I, his name escapes me at the moment. Scott. Um, Scott. Scott, yes. I was going to say Steve, and I knew that was wrong. You know, he's come and done a, a presentation to the, to the legislature. I know they've met many times in the village of Herkimer. You know, any type of development, if they can get this off the ground, absolutely. You know, I, I, I don't have a whole lot of comment right now on it because we don't have a whole lot of financial information from yeah, these it's, folks. Yeah, it's very preliminary. Yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. I mean, they, they, they have a, a, a plan of some sort and a direction. I think now just at, at, at the, the legislative level or any type of elected official level, you know, I, I would personally want to see some sort of numbers from them. Sure. They're, you know, sure. where are they going to get their investment from? Where, you know, is this money coming? But their ideas, hey, you know, and anything we can do to improve on any any municipality in Herkimer County, I, I think is a great thing. You know, the uh, Old Forge, the Enchanted Forest, Water Fire, they just did a $3 million project improvement. Unfortunately, um, pandemic last year didn't allow them to open, but they're optimistic this year. We're saying we can open up even on a limited basis. So, you know, they built three or four big new slides and, and, and such. So, you know, and that, that that's a great tourism capital for us. So, you know, I just, like I said before, I, I'm optimistic. I see things improving. Would we like to see them faster? Well, absolutely. Anybody sure. would. Uh, but, you know, we also got to realize, sit back and be patient. And I think we're one of the most fiscally sound counties in the state, you know, and, and part of that's due to the current legislature. Part of that's due to the previous legislature, you know, with, with smart investments that were made and continue to be made. You know, we're, we're, we're in a good position here. You know, a, a lot of places, sales tax with the COVID hurt municipalities. Our, our, our county actually had a 0.77% increase in our sales tax. So, you know, during a pandemic where people are, right. are, are, are right. just, you know, buried and stuff, that, that's a good sign to me. Yeah, it's, you know, like you said, you got to be patient. Things can't happen all at once. At the same time. I feel like the list of things that we're talking about that have happened in the last, say, 10 years uh, is moving along a lot faster than I've ever remembered throughout my life in the area. Yeah. So I yeah. think you're you're moving in the right direction. I want to ask you a little bit now. I want to 
just talk slightly about this thing going on in the village of Ilian, your old yeah your old position and i'm not going to ask yeah. you to really give your your personal take or your personal account on this too much because i realize you're you're disconnected from it and, and you're kind of in a another place now but you know one of the biggest parts of this story and one of the the biggest things that folks are talking about is it seems like the procedures and it seems like the way things are happening in the village right now are not necessarily according to how things are supposed to go. But again, I don't know how these things are supposed to go. So I wanted to talk to you about a, a man who's been mayor and just ask, you know, what are some of the responsibilities? What are, you know, if a, if a mayor uh, of a small town like Alien wants to make personnel changes in a, a big department, you know, what, what would normally just be the procedures that you right. would go through? Well, I want to say all employees, not all employees, but civil service employees, such as a firefighter, a police officer, a department employee, water, you know, they have to take a civil service test. What that entails is a written exam. You know, you have to, number one, you have to pass it. And, and usually number two is you have to be in the top three candidates on that list that's made of, of those that have passed it to be uh, interviewed and hired you know and once you once you get that a civil service appointment you have some protections you know there's state law there's civil service law that, that, that protects that employee you know and there there, there is a, a proper procedure and a proper way to to go about disciplining someone or to go about removing someone from office you know it's 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 quite lengthy and and i might i might misquote the exact number but i believe it's an article 75 hearing charges or filing from the municipality would have to be brought to that employee so so there is a process it's it, it, it's not an easy process you know as you stated for, as a former mayor i i understand the process but what helped me understand that process even more was you know i'm a previous union president for the city of little falls local firefighters union and you know i, I negotiated contracts on both sides of the fence i negotiated contracts for my people when i was a, a union firefighter and i also had to negotiate contract as a mayor with the employees in the village so again i seem to get stuck in this kind of precarious position once in a while because i'm still a union firefighter sure uh, you know I'm, I'm i'm an alumni member of the international association of firefighters so but you know if you're if you're just open and you sit down with these folks and you talk to them like humans things go very well you know i never had a contract on either side of the fence that went to mediation arbitration per any of that stuff you just need to you need to be a human being and talk to these folks you can't come across you know and and, and this coming from me my father i hear him in in the background in my head saying there's the pot calling cattle black because you know i i have a short temper I, you know i'm i'm quick to get to get upset but over the years i've learned you know, that I'm not 25 anymore and I just can't start throwing haymakers to get my way. <laughs> you know, I, I'll be 55 years old. I, you know, I'm crippled, broken neck, blah, 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 cancer. all that. So I just, I've, I've kind of learned that, you know, if you sit and talk, it, it, your outcome is better. With the, with the situation in Ilian, you know, I, as you stated, I'm, I'm kind of in a precarious position here because it doesn't really have anything to do with me in the political world as an elected official but in the taxpayer world it most certainly does because i still live in Illinois and, and, sure. and pay my taxes i don't want anybody to think that i what i say is trying to influence any decision that's not the case but as a union brother still you know i will support the union guys until i'm given a reason not to you know i've yeah. talked with both i've talked with both men and they understand that you know if, if this all comes to a conclusion well if when this comes to a conclusion which i would kind of hope that would be a, a few weeks back but if if it, if that's a big capital i and f if right. it comes out that either one of these gentlemen has done something improper incorrect i want to say out of character then i would tell them right to their face look guys you messed up 
Right. You have to, you know, you have to, you have to take your lumps. Is anything they've done uh, or not done or been, I don't know if accused is the right word, because I think social media has blown this up more than, more than anything. But if it comes out that, you know, they've done something that they've been said, they've been told they've done. Well, I don't think any of that is a fireable offense or termination. I really don't. Yeah. But again, that's just me. You know, the process I would have went through as, as the top dog in the village is different than the one that they're currently taking, but that doesn't mean that doesn't really mean anything. You know, I I, I, I made a post on Facebook because my phone was inundated with text messages, phone calls, and then emails. You know, coming at me, and and I had to put a. I just finally told my wife, I said, Joanne, I've got to put something out there. I'm not the mayor anymore, and people still thought I was. Right. So you know, I I was getting a flack and feedback on that, and and. That's either a good thing or a bad thing. You know, you know, it's good because maybe I did a decent job and they still thought I was there <laughs> or it's bad because people aren't paying attention to what's happening in their surroundings. You know, you know there was, I think there's a lot of that, here. unfortunately. Yeah. Well, yeah. And there was three mayors after I left. You know, there was a six month mayor. Beth Neal took over because I, I left six months before my term ended because I took the legislative position. Sure. And then there was two other mayors after her. So but, uh, you know, it. It's a tough situation. It really is. You're, you're in a small town. Everybody knows everybody. And and I back these two guys. And like I said, I'll back them as a union guy until I've been given something not to back. And then, but I don't think anything they've been told that they may or may not have done is is reason for termination or or demotion or anything like that. And and, and that's just the way you know. That's just my that's just my feelings. As an elected official, you know, I I said this in my post. Right, wrong, or indifferent, you lose the ability. And some rights on how you speak. Sure. You know, I, I can't, I don't have the ability to scream and yell and raise hell anymore. I mean, I can do it, but it's certainly going to hurt me in the end. Right. You know, and I said this to a couple of my board members when I was the mayor. No matter what you think, you lose some rights. You really do. You have to change your thought process. You have to change how you respond to people. You know, you can't scream and yell at people. You can't, you can't go right to, a hundred percent and get back at somebody, uh, you know, when you're out to dinner, people are going to approach you. And it, you know, I, it drove my one younger brother crazy because every time we went out to go get something or dinner or whatever, you know, people would come up to me and want to talk. And he'd finally tell him, look, he's not here as the mayor. Well, unfortunately you are the mayor a hundred percent of the time. So you have to acknowledge these folks. You have to return their phone calls, their emails, their text messages. Uh, if they approach you on the street, you have to be professional and courteous to them. You know, and don't get me wrong. There was times that I wanted to tell somebody to screw off or whatever. Sure. I don't know what we kind of can't say on here or, or no, anything. You, you could say anything, but yeah, I hear but, you. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, you just have to treat people differently because you work for them. Right. You know, they put you in that position to work for, for what's best for everyone. All 8,000 plus people or 62,000 people in the county. You know, I work for them. They put me in a position to make a, 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 an educated decision which would be beneficial to everyone. So you can't, you know, you can't, you can't go after people. That's not probably the right word, but you can't be, I, I think you know what you heated. mean. Yep. You know, you can't be heated with the public. That's, they put you there. And I, I, I think there's a, there's a disconnect with the lack of communication from all parties, from yeah. all parties. So it's, it's tough. It's tough. You know, it's tough when they're friends of yours, you know, or relatives, you know, in-laws in your case or, yeah. you know, but I've known both of, both of these men, they're, 
you know, their entire careers. You know, I, I've known them since they, like I said on my folks, the snot-nosed kids running around in their backyards. You know, so it's just, I, I believe this is a matter of public record, so it shouldn't be too yeah. controversial. But during your time as mayor, did you ever have any disciplinary issues with either of these gentlemen? No, none whatsoever. Yeah, nothing. I, I, you know, I'm going based on what I've seen in the public. I don't. I know that when I left in '14. I'd had no, from 2006 to 2014, I had no disciplinary issues with either of these men. As a matter of fact, I I, I put, I, I gave them awards of merit, awards of heroism, certificates of, of merit, and put in their files for, for work that they did above and beyond. You know, I was unfortunate that during my tenure as mayor, I handled three of the largest loss of property floods in the history of the village, you know, 2011, and then yeah. two of them in 13. And then in 2006, three days after I was elected to a, as a trustee position, I was standing chest deep in water running down West Street in front of the library. So I also had the opportunity or the unfortunate opportunity yeah. to handle that as well. So, you know, in, in seven and a half years, I handled four major incidents. And these guys performed, as, as did many members of the, of the village employment force, above and beyond. You know, they were they were out for days and days and days. In the 13 floods, you know, I, I didn't come home for five days. My wife, I walked in and she's like, who are you? <laughs> you know, so, but no, no disciplinary action whatsoever. And that's part of the, that's part of what bothers me is this kind of went from zero to a hundred with nothing in between. Right. So, you know, we'll see. We'll right. see. Again, as a political, as, as someone, an elected official, I really, it doesn't concern my political job, but as a taxpayer, eh, you know, I, I got a little skin in the game there. Um, right. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that it comes to a quick resolution or a quicker resolution. And I, I, I think it would be a, a huge loss to a very, very young department. If either one of those gentlemen were to either a leave on their own or b for some reason be forced to leave, I, sure. I think that would be, not be a good thing for the residents in our village. Both there's a lot of years of experience there. Yeah, and they're both leadership positions: a, a deputy chief yep. and a, a chief. So that's that's very scary. So let's let's end on a, a high note. Enough enough of that for right now. You know, we've talked about a lot of the things you've done and a lot of the things you're interested in. Let's talk about if if reelected, what can we expect from you, and what can we expect in the county going forward? Oh, great question! You, you know, when I'm reelected, there you go. Just a little confidence, exactly. There. A little confidence. You know, we're going to continue to be the same legislature that we have been. You know, we're going to continue to watch our finances. Again, as I said earlier, we're in a great place, and continue to work on bringing business here, jobs here. Again, that Skyler Business Park is is going to be a huge asset for us. I would venture to say that by the end of this calendar year, or the beginning of next calendar year that we're going to have a few more businesses in there with quite a few more jobs. And that's kind of like the practice supply thing. We have an inkling of what's going on, but the, the, the companies that might be in talks are really, they don't want to put it out there until they're ready to pull the trigger. Of course. So, and then, uh, you know, continue to work on, you know, our infrastructure. You know, we've had some damages from floods and, and our county highway department and our, our, our folks there are doing good work and getting that up and running. You know, our sheriff's department is gonna, is, is transitioning over to that new facility. I think that's going to be a good, good, good thing for us. And just, just a quick aside there. Any ideas of, of what might happen to the old facility? I mean, I know it obviously no, wasn't we, qualified as a jail, but can we do anything else with this building? Right. Funny you mention that because we've done a property study on what on, on our space study, I guess is the best uh -huh. way to put it, on what we have because we're certainly short on space. Okay. Uh, you know, we have, we have offices that we will probably have to move around. So we're in the middle of doing that now. You know, that can be utilized. We have the old courthouse, which is 
it's on the historic registry, but boy, that place is just beat up. You know, it's just yeah. wet. Uh, you know, I wouldn't want to go to work in that facility. To be quite honest sure. with you, I've told I've told my you know my counterparts in the legislature, my colleagues, I wouldn't send my wife or kids or even myself to to go in there and work. We're asking folks to go in there, and I you know I I I don't. I don't see that as viable, but we're doing the space study, the old jail. We've talked about that and what we could or couldn't do with that. So we're in the middle of that. You know, you, you, you'll, you'll probably see some utilization of, of, of our existing structures and, you know, some vacant structures that we have. And and, and we'll move people around and make them comfortable and, and give them a good work environment. So, yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, we're just we're going to continue to do and make progress like we have. And I, I think. I'm pretty proud of what we've done over the last six or seven years since I've been there. I, I don't see a huge change in, in, in the direction that we're going. You know, we're going positive. Everything we do is is, is 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 meant to go positive and meant to go forward. And that's where we're at. You know, we have the ability to keep our taxes reasonable or non-existent as far as an increase goes. Sure. You know, with with our national economy, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a big balancing act. You know, we've got, you know, we don't know where we're going to be. This budget year with the state, you know, they say they're going to cut this and going to cut that. And right. So, you know, while we're nervous, we're also optimistic at the same time. That's that's the best you could ask for, I think, in, in days like today. So, John Stevens, I want to thank you very much for joining us on the show today. I, I very much enjoyed our interview, and I look forward to, to bringing you back and talking about more specifically economic development, because that is a story and a drum Perfect. that I absolutely love to beat. So, Anytime. Time. Just real quick before we go, is there a place, a website, a Facebook page, anywhere where folks uh, that want to help you and, and support your reelection campaign can go? Yes, actually, my personal page. I, I try not to use that, but I kind of double post everything. It's sure. just uh, John Stevens, and then I have John Stevens for Herkimer County Legislature Legislator. That's also a Facebook page. Those are the two. Those are the two big drives that I use. Any, you know, most people, you can go to uh, the county website and you can get my email. It, it's ledgejstevens at herkimercounty.org. If you have a question that you want to ask me via email, I'd be certainly happy to ask. If Even if you're not in my district, I can point you in the proper direction to what legislator you should be contacting. Great. Uh, I have no issue with that. So, yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I, I guess I'm an open book. I really, you know, I, I, I'm... I don't have anything to, to worry about or hide. I do the best job I can. And that's the only promise I've ever made is being in the elected official world. I've never promised a job or, or anything like that. It's it's the promise I make is I'll work as hard as I can and as hard as I'm able for the people that I represent. So that's 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 it. You can't, can't be any more straightforward than that. So, no. John, I appreciate you joining the show. I'm going to let Thanks you go for and, uh, and I'll check in with you after we're done. But I appreciate it and, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Appreciate it. Have a good day. That was John Stevens again, and it's great to have him join the show. I think that was a, a fantastic interview, and I look forward to more of that. Tomorrow on the program, we will have Jordan and, and possibly some other folks from the Herkimer 9 organization, the folks that we talked about that are, are looking to bring more development to downtown Herkimer, New York. Pretty cool local stuff going on, and, and I'm excited to be able to talk about all of that. If you missed any portion of this show today and you're watching live on Twitch, just stick around. The immediate instant replay will start as soon as this is over. We'll Tarantino it. So if you missed the beginning, you can catch that now. Otherwise, uh, please like, follow, subscribe, and share everywhere. 315live.fm is the home base. That's where you'll find every episode, the podcast, the videos, the text transcripts, the whole deal. It's all right there. Take a look. Share it. Tell your friends. I would really appreciate that. 
It's the Matt Major Show.